0: All right, everybody, this is the web news. Now, this week, I'm going to be sharing, as I've said on a previous episode, tease on a previous episode, I'm going to be sharing my number one tip, my number one UX tip that you can use as a developer to get a better UX experience out of your website, web app, mobile app, whatever. And here it is. I'm going to sum it up in a sentence, and then I'll break it down because obviously it's a little ambiguous, but still holds true. If you reach for something and it isn't there, treat that as if it's broken. I'm going to say that one more time. If you reach for something and it isn't there, treat that as if it's broken. Now, what does that mean? So early in testing, and I mean early in testing, so you know, it's just you, maybe it's you and your colleague, you and your business partner, you and a couple of friends, a couple of family, but you don't have a big user uh, base testing it. You're not doing formal AB testing with like a random test group. You know, it's early, 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 early testing. There's no beta. There's no alpha. There's no anything you're just testing. Okay. And you're using your app. So let's say, for example, you, you're just trying to make, you're just trying to make something to learn with. And you decide, okay, just just for learning purposes, I'm not going to release this, but just for learning purposes, I'm going to make an Instagram clone, just a local one, just so I learn image processing and pulling from the database and everything. And when you're going through making Instagram, one of the biggest things you're going to make is a post, right? Somebody posted something and then they can see it on their homepage or their timeline or whatever they call it on Instagram, right? So they could see it. So the thing you're going to see, basically, and I'll just break this down very briefly, not in any sort of detail, but you basically have, you know, the person's the person that posted its little avatar, their username, you're also going to have an overflow menu with some with some options in there and sort of like a drop down list, or like a pop out list, whatever, you're gonna have the post itself, you know, whether it's an image or video or reel, whatever it is, then you're going to have another bar down there, which has like your heart button uh, for liking, it's going to have your little iconography for your comment, it's going to have a little arrow thing iconography, again, for your uh, sending it's going to have on the other side it's going to have a little bookmark which is like a little ribbon so like you can bookmark the post there's going to be another instance with their username right below that and then they're going to have their caption an optional sort of show more button or whatever it is or see more whatever it is in case the captions are the really long so the captions collapsible you're going to have your view view your comments button oh and actually above all this as well like i said i'm just going through this briefly off the top of my head there's also like your like your liked stats so it'll say like You don't see how many people liked it anymore, but it'll be like liked by X person and others and stuff like that. Um, So just in general, and there's also comments. So you'll see like the top comment, I believe it is. And then you'll also have like a view all comments button. Um, However, they choose that top comment or whatever comment gets shown there is uh, whatever. But uh, like just in basic, like if you're just trying to learn how to do this, you're going to have to make this post. So when you're going through this logically, one of the things you're going to do is you're going to be like, okay, so all these buttons, which are typically icons, and sometimes it is like a sentence or some verbiage that's like "view more comments" or whatever, or, "view all comments" or whatever. Um, you're going to say, okay, what 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 functionality do I need? Well, I need this pop up menu to open. Okay, good. I need to have the uh, profile profile name and the profile little you know avatar with the name at the top to be like actually go to the profile. good. You're gonna have your you're gonna have to show your description. good. Uh, what can users do on these posts? Well, they can comment, right? They can view all the comments. they can also like uh, and they can share it. So you're gonna think, okay, so I have actually have all my functionality right up, right up in front of me. right up in front of me, I already have all my all my functionality with these icons. So you build this thing, you know, again, just for testing, you go, pull out your phone. Maybe it's just like a web website in this case. And you're like, Oh, I'm just going to like pretend to like this photo. Very first thing you're probably going to do. If you use Instagram is you're going to double tap the photo and it's not going to do anything. And immediately that's like the point in which you're like, Oh, there's a missing piece of functionality here. Now, you can just ignore this, but I think you should treat that like as if it's broken. The reason why I say treat it like as if it's broken is because if something's broken, usually you go in and you treat it seriously and you go to fix it, or you have a conversation with your team if it's a bigger issue as to what the rollout for fixing it is, what the workaround is, whether you're going to fix it, whether you're going to change the functionality around it to mitigate the issue, etc. But it needs to be considered serious, and it needs to be considered very important, and it needs to be considered something that you want to and need to, more importantly, have a conversation about. Because you double tapping on that image, even though in this sort of testing scenario, you're not going to be handing this out to the public, if you did, they would do the same thing. And if they reach for it and it isn't there, it's broken. Now use your own discretion. Like I said, you know, have a conversation with your team, have a conversation with uh, the person you're making your MVP with. Maybe, maybe you need to have a conversation with yourself if you're doing this test scenario and be like, Hey, you know, maybe it would be cool to learn some stuff uh, about like sort of invisible interactions as I'll call them. Uh, Because, you know, if you double tap that an image on Instagram, it will like it. And a little heart animation goes, but the heart animation is not there originally and it does a little animation when you like it and then disappears. So it's like an invisible interaction. Gestures are generally an invisible interaction. So you might start being like, oh, I'll, you know, I'll start, I'll start, uh, you know, playing with, uh, gestures. I'll start playing with these invisible interactions, but this goes beyond invisible interactions. If you're a person that like, for example, makes this Instagram clone, but you decide, oh, well, you know what? Like you're just doing it off the top of your head. Let's say you don't do a lot of research. You just want to learn it and you do the double tap. Okay. But then you're like, oh, how do I confirm if I like this? And you go down and you look and there's no heart icon because you didn't do that. That's broken, too. That's something that's missing. That's broken, too. So now, like, even though you got that invisible interaction, there's no way to confirm it. And like, you can optionally press the heart instead of double tapping on the photo as an option to like something. But you, you know, just because you went through it on your own hand, you're like, how do I like something? Double tap. okay, and you just did that. You didn't think about the heart icon. That's a problem, too, because some people are going to reach for that heart icon. So this is why in that early days of testing, when you have very, 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 very few people, right? It's not in the public's hands. It's just you and a few, maybe it's just you. Maybe it's just a few people. If you're already reaching for things that are not there, you have to treat that like it's broken. You have to treat that like a serious problem. And this may affect your MVP. Again, use your own discretion, whether, whether like that double tap thing is really crucial. But you know, if you accidentally did it, it's probably crucial if you accidentally did it, it's probably crucial. You need to, the point of saying it's broken or treating it like it's broken is you need to treat it like it's important. A prime example is, and this is off the top of my head, is list by design. List by design is a little sort of, sort of like bookmarks with lists uh, extension that Mike and I made early, early, early. And we had, you know, separate, separate lists, separate this, separate that you could add prices, you could add descriptions, you could check things off the list, you could uh, uh, do like a bunch of other stuff and everything else. But then but like when we sent it out, basically for our basic testing, which was like my was like Mike, myself, a few of my friends, a few of Mike's friends, some of them would be like, hey, why can't like, where do I delete this? Or like, hey, how do I add new lists? Or like, hey, how do I do this? Hey, how do I do that? They were asking for things that they were reaching for. And it's and you're like, you know, they're technically superficial things like our MVP plan didn't have those little features. And it was like, who cares? But then it's like, well, if they're reaching for it, people are going to reach for it. And if they're reaching for it and it's not there, then they're going to be like, hmm, this is kind of weird. Now, again, with the discretion, you have to think like, you know, if someone is like an Apple user, I'm just making this scenario up. If someone's an Apple user and they're used to always swiping and someone's an android user, and they're always used to tapping you have to like sort of if they're ones reaching for the tapping and ones reaching for the swiping you have to sort of like use your discretion again and be like okay this is apple versus whatever like maybe we need to have a middle ground or something but like i'm not going to consider this as a problem but the point is is you 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 treated it as if it was important enough to take a look at it to you for you to be like okay I'm actually going to seriously take a look at this. I'm going to bring this up to my team. I'm going to have a conversation with them about this. And I'm going to say like, hey, is this an Apple versus Android thing? And so then now you're, you're aware of it. You could treat it however you need to treat it. I do feel as though the cheapest apps, the cheapest feeling apps, I should say, are the apps that are designed by engineers that have excuses attached to them. So here's a, here's a prime example, and this this relates to this. It expands into a tangent, which I won't get into, but it does relate to this. So here's an example. You know how, like, if you're building an app, and you build out a mobile app, I don't care, web app, doesn't matter, and you give it to someone else who's in the field or is technical, and they come to you and say, like, hey, man, like, I, I couldn't like these pictures. Like, I don't know. I, I like them. And then when I refresh the page, like, the like went away. And you as an engineer make the uh, – you as the developer or whatever, you you make the excuse of like, oh, I know exactly what that is. Like it's just X. Like it's just the UI isn't rendering it, but it's still in the system as liked. The cheapest apps on the marketplace, in my opinion, uh, or cheapest websites, the cheapest feeling again, cheapest feeling websites are the ones that don't have – or that have good functionality, but like a cheap feeling experience. That's a cheap feeling experience where you're like, you have to like it again to see the heart. And then you're like, so don't I like it twice or in the background? Is it unliked, but the UI is now showing it as liked. like the engineer, because they're more focused on technical things. and because they're more focused on uh, the, the actual writing of the code and because they're more focused on the writing or the, uh, the uh, data's uh, integrity in the database and stuff like that, because they're more focused on that. To them, it's just like, oh, it's just, it's just the UI. Yeah, but it's just the UI. But to you, the user, it's broken. And so I feel as though if you're a person that's like a solo app developer and people are saying, you know, your UI looks cheap, your UX looks cheap, it's kind of clunky. I think this is the first statement. If you reach something and it, if you reach for something and it isn't there, treat that as if it's broken. I think you need to do some basic testing with family friends. And I think you need to see what they're reaching for and fix those things to the consumer level, no engineer or developer level excuses of, Oh, it's just, no, if, if, if it's just great, then just fix it. Treat it like it's broken because I'm sorry, but it is, it might just be, no, it's just broken then. And again, There's a million and one scenarios out there and you might say like, well, for this, for my scenario, like that doesn't apply good. At least you considered it enough to say this doesn't apply in my scenario or, Hey, like we have a serious problem, but it's due to the, due to the, I don't know, the host or some third party thing that we use that we can't switch from. And so we'll always have that problem. Nothing is going to be perfect, but you should take the imperfections as things that are broken and consider fixing them. If not actually just fixing them, like treat them as if they're important because because nothing is perfect even when it's done well, because nothing's perfect even when it's done well, having things that can be fixed that are broken or clunky on top of the things that cannot be fixed because nothing's perfect makes it two times cheaper, right? Two things there. There's two things now affecting it. But if you fix every little thing, but sometimes your refresh animation is kind of messed up because your one server is kind of slow and you don't have the budget to fix it, well... That's one problem. But what if your like icon wasn't rendering properly and you had the refresh bug? Now it just looks cheap. Now it just looks bad. Now it just feels clunky. Now it's not now it doesn't feel polished. Now it's not what the user wants. And it's like this whole house of cards that can come crashing down if you ignore these small things that people reach for
1: yeah I think there there's a lot of good points in there and there's a lot of stuff that I've actually been experiencing recently so i'll I'll tell a couple of anecdotes and stories um we're we're designing an application uh I can't get too into it because it's under nDA but let's just say it's like it allows the user to select different kinds of packages like a premium package a uh a economy package a standard package whatever right and we have a situation where um we're we've built it in in We built it with this in mind where we're going to do our best foot forward. We have an MVP that we want to do. We want to do our best foot forward, but intentionally in our own minds, we're like, we know 100% that there's going to be things that need to change. There's going to be things that are broken towards the user because we don't know exactly how our users are going to use this application and we're building it with that intention in mind. So we're currently in the stages where we're actually have a beta program. We're sent it out to our beta customers and they're testing it. And we're having one-on-one sessions with all of our beta customers. And we found exactly that they're like, Oh, you know, you know, I, I really like the fact that there's a package here, but I would love to switch between, you know, it and a couple of other different packages. We have that built in there, but we have these arrows there that aren't obvious that they're going to a different package that's broken. Like those error that indicates the person told us that they can't switch packages or they didn't even know that functionality was in there. Even though we have told them multiple times it is, they, they told us that it's not in there and they would like it in there. We've tr- we're treating that as broken, but we had the intention to know that something was going to be broken. And we're okay with changing our MVP as soon as we hear back that kind of feedback and then sending it back out and maybe it's broken again and we'll have to change it again. That's I think that's the kind of mindset you have to have to be able to build applications that eventually will, you know, be a pleasure to use and iterative be, improvement. Exactly. Iterative improvement. You can't all, go all into way. it. You can't go into it thinking that, okay, I'm an engineer, I'm the smartest person in the room, I'm gonna build something and you're gonna have to use it my way. Period. Yes, you're gonna build the initial front, initial offering your way right? But you have to go into being like, other people are going to know how to use this better than me. And they're going to tell me how to use it. And sometimes it's going to change your entire business strategy. That's the crazy thing about it, because you're going to build it thinking that they're going to use it one way. And they go in and use it a completely different way that you didn't even think about, but makes a lot more sense. And you're like, oh, shit, yeah, that does make sense. And you restructure your application towards that way. That's going to happen to you. And that's something that you should embrace rather than run away from. And that's again, it's one of those like mindsets. And it's one of those ideas of creating your code, uh, so that you can adjust it quickly so that you can do these changes so that you can do a B testing and stuff like that. So that, you know, when something is broken, when the person tells you that there's, they're not able to, or they don't know that a a features in there, uh, that is in there. You don't make the excuse and be like, Oh no, no, it's these buttons here that you can't see. No, that's not an excuse. They told you they can't see the buttons. That means that your UX design is broken fix it
0: and that that's a really good example because the engineers like like you guys the developers whatever you want to call yourselves you guys were like we need a way to switch packages you put in some arrows and now someone has reached for it and it's not there so it's broken and i I like how you're mentioning it in a beta because when i first presented this idea i said you know in the first round of testing but it really does in the really early days of testing i think i said but this does apply to the iterations as well. It does apply to future design uh, or the future iterations of the, uh, the app as well of the web app of the, whatever it does apply to, you know, even if the app is 10 years old and you're about to do another update, if someone reaches for something in that UI update or whatever it was, and it's not there, it's broken there too. It applies throughout, but it's very crucial that you you, you, uh, sort of fix or, uh, fix or work around or whatever these broken pieces, you know, again, at your discretion at each step, because you're going to build this house of cards of like, ah, you know, we told them the arrows screw them, you know, and you just leave it. Now it's like person doesn't know how to fix a package. What if you guys in your next update, update how packages work? Well, that person's not going to see that functionality because they don't even know how to switch packages. And it's this house of cards. So maybe maybe the suggestion should be early in each level of testing. Like you need to pay attention to this throughout the whole the whole product's lifetime, especially during uh, these update periods, especially during the early days at each level. Because if you're a person that's like, well, I just told them, yeah, okay, that does make sense, like in a sort of triaging person uh, customer has called you for tech support and they're like, I can't switch packages. You say, reach for the arrows. They're like, "Damn, that was hard to see. Yeah, that's triaging it. Like that's triaging the issue. That's now that person also of switch packages. Maybe you need to put a knowledge base on your website, whatever, whatever. But you you should bring it up to your team and say, you know, should we? build out a knowledge base thing, you know, I'm getting a lot of calls about this, should we build out a knowledge base thing? Should we change how the user interface works? Should we change how the tutorial works? If there is one so that they know that there's arrows here, these arrows need to be bigger, do they need to be animated? Do they need to be more actionable? Do we need to force them to use it at least once? So they always reach for it, you know, like, what is the experience that we're that we're trying to get our people to go with? What is the experience that we're trying to do? And at the end of the day, it's usually to have a good user experience to make money, of course, as a result of that good user experience. But more importantly, it's to make sure that the uh, UX is good enough that the person doesn't call you. You're trying to reduce the amount of phone calls you're getting. And if you're a person that does run support or, you know, has to deal with a lot of support emails, I mean, you should really be looking at these areas and saying, customers are having trouble with X. We need to get, like, even though X works and I walk them through it, right, like my site isn't broken. It's just clunky. Treat it like it's broken and just do the fix. And, It's easier said than done. We have projects that are on the go right now, or people are asking me for the UX fixes, and it's just not feasible due to financial, due to time, due to this year-end thing coming up due to other projects in the way. And so sometimes, like I'm saying it as if it's super easy, I'm saying this one sentence and being like, go at it, bud. But I acknowledge that sometimes, you know, there needs to be a stopgap measure. And the stopgap measure can be, again, with the conversation with your team, inform your support staff, write a knowledge base article, maybe a small UX change that wouldn't be that hard to do. Um inform, uh, write a, uh, write that knowledge base article, but also give the link to the support staff. So they instantly send that out, add it to your FAQ, add it to your website, add it to your website with good SEO. So if someone Googles it, then they can see, oh, this is how it's done. Maybe if you have a Reddit associated with your community, maybe you can add it to the Reddit. So when people Google it again, SEO, they'll see it. And that type of thing, like there's ways to mitigate it. There's ways to fix it. There's ways to patch it, but ultimately if you can, you should fix it. It needs to be treated as, As if it's broken, it needs to be treated as if it's important, period. Because it is important, because it is annoying for people. And if people get annoyed, they're just going to leave. That's just the way it is, unless you're the only one in the market. And chances are, you're probably, whatever market you're in, you're probably not. And if you are, someone that gets annoyed might end up being like, this is a a good idea, but this is damn annoying. I'm out of here. I'm making my own thing. And we see that a lot in the gaming industry. We see that a lot in the app industry. We see that a lot in any industry. We see people say, you know what? The hell with this. I'm making a competing competing product because these guys have terrible customer support or these guys have terrible load times or these guys have terrible name what it is, you know, whatever the issue is. And then that person leaves and goes and makes a competitor and then either tanks the other person or like now there's a fight and it kicks the other person into gear, which is why competition's good and blah, blah, blah. Not to get into the weeds. But the point of the matter is just... Make your stuff good, as good as you possibly can, within reason, talk to your team, talk about ways to mitigate stuff, have multiple options if you can, depending on the complexity of the project to fix things, help your customers where you can, but just don't treat things that people are complaining about, even if it's just this or just that or just this, don't treat it like it's just another thing. Just write it down. Just have a conversation. Just fix it.
1: Yeah, exactly. I think I think if you have that kind of mentality, if you have the flexible mentality and you also take it obviously into consideration the fact that it could be an outlier. Like sometimes they could be saying something that just doesn't make sense and you can explain it. Like there is a possibility that this is just a, a user error, but especially if you're, if you're testing with them, like a group of people that's maybe, you know, five or six people, like that's a small group. And if three of those people no, notice the same thing, obviously that's an issue. That's an obvious issue that you should address immediately and it should be treated as broken.
0: Uh yeah, and, and and to be honest, like I think that's what happened with like list by design, prime example, really early days, non public version. Uh our settings menu was buried. And then we made the settings menu more available. Just that simple. And yep. it just like that that complaint went away. It was like new version, that complaint went as gone. People were like, I don't know, like people were like, how do I access this dark mode? I think we had dark mode or we were testing something specific. And it was like, hey, how, how can we do this? And I was like, yeah, you just go to the settings. And people were like, well, I didn't even see any settings. So it's like, to me, it's like, oh, okay. So they they wanted to do something. They knew that it would probably be in settings. They looked for settings, couldn't find settings. So the problem is not the fact that it's like exists and users are idiots which is what some people will think they, they'll they be like, yeah, the problem is our settings menu is like missing. So do that. Like, instead of writing people off and just making, again, those excuses of it's just this, like some people will get kind of arrogant and like, we're all, you know, guilty of this to a varying degree, but like sometimes you're just like, people are idiots. Just like, leave them alone. Like, just like have a nice day. Like you, you can't use my product. Have a nice day. And you know that, you know that sometimes that mentality is needed. Sometimes you need to do it, but sometimes it's a bad attitude, whatever. Um, but like, again, at least make it important enough to have a conversation because sometimes you know sometimes it's unrealistic to fix something sometimes it's it's realistic just to just to have that knowledge base article or that support article or that reddit post or whatever sometimes it's worthwhile to to like actually do a huge fix sometimes it's worthwhile to just inform people better whatever it is but you really like you really should be at least striving because none of us are perfect we should be at least for you should be at least striving for something that is a is a better experience even if it's not as good as the users maybe want because it's out of our budget at least it's getting better and like make the iterations not a house of cards of all these weird problems stacked up on uh, stacked up on top of each other make the make each version like oh you know we had 10 issues last time we fixed five of them and added two new features like whatever okay good so like we've improved like what are those what are the rest of those issues can we do can we fix them or are we, we just going to put a knowledge base article about them or like whatever and you know it's 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 just sort of like it's just sort of like how windows 10 released and it's iterated 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 iterated, iterated to today. And it's a lot better today, but there are weird problems still. But because Windows 10 is so complex, you know, you complaining, like just you, individual, an individual complaining, is is gonna not attract Microsoft's problem. But a bunch of people saying, like, this thing is broken, what the hell is going on? Then they will release something. But oftentimes, you know, as we know, if the if the error is just sort of um like intermittent or rare they'll be like oh just just reset your computer like just reset it and see if windows fixes it you know what i mean and that's that's what i mean is like for the small guys like if you're really trying to attract users you know that isn't really the greatest response if you were the owner of windows but because microsoft's big and because my, because windows is exceptionally complex it's not as easy for them just to like do a small patch Right? Just do a small thing. But imagine if Windows in the early days didn't listen to users, didn't do all this testing, didn't have all this – all their stuff worked out. Could you imagine it – there would be – everything would break. Like start menu would break every single day. The search functionality would break every day. You wouldn't be able to multitask. All of a sudden the computer would shut off. Like it would be a whole thing. Right? So they – do iterative design, and we can see that with Windows 10. You know, it's like, okay, this iteration came out, this iteration came out, this iteration came out, and every single iteration introduces new issues and fixes some, not all of the previous version's issues, but it's still like, it's iteration, iteration, iteration. Go, 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 go. We can see that with Snip and Sketch. There's Snipping Tool on Windows, that's the old way of taking little screenshots, like drawing a little box on the screen or what have you. There's multiple function, piece, ways to draw it or whatever, and you can take a little take a little screenshots of your screen. Snip and Sketch is like, you know, they could have iterated on snip on some snipping tool, but they decided, no, you know what? For a new generation, we need a new one, and that's an example of iterative design where it's just like, no, we need, we need a new tool. People are using this more. That's iterative design. People are clearly talking about like, Hey, I need to share this. Hey, I'm a creator and I need to share my screen. Hey, I'm a creator and I need to share what's on my screen right now. And I need more tools than this, this snipping tool can provide. Boom! There goes snip. There, there. Here comes Snip and Sketch, and I use Snip and Sketch all the time. Microsoft Edge, prime example of iterative design. They went from Internet Explorer to Edge, was better, wasn't that great. They tried to iterate, 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 fails. Okay, you know what? Screw it. People, people are loving Chrome. Let's use Chromium. Boom! Now people use Internet or uh, Microsoft Edge, and that's what I'm using. But if they hadn't listen to the original things. Is Microsoft Edge Chromium perfect? No. Is Microsoft Edge Chromium finished? No. It's still going to have iterations. But the old version, like just say Edge pre-Chromium, it had its own issues and stuff like this. And imagine if they just continued and it's like, ah, screw it. And they just kept going. Like, it, it, you know what I mean? So it, pay attention to your team, pay attention to your problems, pay attention to the to your users. Uh, and just, just when you iterate, when you release a new version, make sure it's an iteration. When you, that's that's basically it you know if you're releasing a new version that's ignoring the thousand issues you have but releases a new way to process images i mean i don't know if that's going to be very good people are going to be like dude you ignored like a thousand issues like what are you doing and so make sure your versions make sure your upgrades are iterations wherever possible again discuss it with your team
1: and do what's right for you yeah i think that was a good summation
0: yeah that's it uh yeah i mean uh i'm, I'm literally speechless now i've said what I, i've said my piece um i kind of thought of what i was going to say last night so i'm uh, i'm out of words now <laughs> so uh hopefully you enjoyed uh that web news that rant those examples that mike had uh, as well uh we hope you checked out this week's uh full episode as well it released uh Earlier this week, hopefully yesterday, if you're listening to this on the day it came out. Um, so go and uh, check that out. Remember, we're on Patreon if you want to support the show. That's slash html, all the things. Uh, check out those tiers, give that a go. And many thanks to our $3 tiers patrons Sean from RabbitWorks JavaScript on youtubecom RabbitWorks JavaScript, Garrick from Local Path Computing and Web Design on Local Computing.com, Ryan Gatschel from Blue Black Digital on blueblackdigital.com, Chris from Self Made Web Designer on selfmadewebdesigner.com, Tim from The Web Hacker on the Web Hacker.com, dl forward from dl4.io bib dash from nine block media on nineblockmedia.com jason from geek life radio via geeklife radio radio excuse me geekliferadio.com. radio.com feel free to leave a comment or review on the platform that you are listening to this on and we are signing off